1: You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to a fresh week and happy Memorial Day weekend. I hope you had a fabulous weekend and are continuing to do so. Um, And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, that you found me, that you found the show, that you found this amazing community of people all over the world who are really dedicated to up leveling their lives. And it's really through the lessons shared by our amazing guests over the past few years that we're able to do that. Um, and this week is no exception. I'm speaking with the amazing Jackie Siegel, yes, the real Queen of Versailles herself. And we're here talking about the work that Jackie has been doing to fight the opioid epidemic in America. And this was all spurred when she lost her own daughter, Victoria, in 2015 through a drug overdose. And since then, she has been instrumental in getting legislation passed. She has written two books that deal with this issue, um, and she's really just a powerful voice uh, for for the youth and and just for educating parents on what to look for. So. Um, I'm truly in awe of the work that she's doing, especially you know because it, it came from such a dark thing, a dark event, um, and she continues that fight to this day, and so that's what we're going to talk about. So I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please share it out. Please, of course, leave us a review if you haven't already. That does so much for the show, and I really do read every one and appreciate every single one. And uh, without further ado, please enjoy my episode with Jackie Siegel. Hey guys, before we jump into this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. And if you use the code unstressed, you can save 15% all, all of their bee products. And why would you be interested in bee products? Well, don't you know? It's one of the most natural ways that you can help your immune system. And from the bee propolis, which is my favorite, I take it every single day to the hemp honey sticks. you know, I love that to um, the the honey that you can put on toast. There's there's so many different products, and they all work with your body um, to fight things like brain fog or allergies or you know even a sore throat. It's incredibly powerful and natural. And so you know if you're someone who cares about your health, who cares about a holistic approach to your health, then you definitely want to go to beekeepersnaturals.com and use the code unstress so you can save some money and and start stocking your medicine cabinet with good forms of medicine as opposed to the kind that leave you with a bunch of nasty side effects and are full of all kinds of nasty chemicals. So check them out. Well, hello, Jackie. Welcome to the show. I am so glad that you're here. The queen of Versailles is in the house, everyone. Uh, So welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I mean, really, um, this is a special treat, especially we, I, we've been in quarantine now for like five weeks or six weeks. So I feel like now I'm getting back out in the world through the internet or, you know, through you.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I feel the same way. Every time I have a conversation, I'm like, ah, I needed that. Um, so how have you been coping with uh, the quarantine and everything?
0: Well, you know, it's, it's got its um, um, ups and downs, you know the, the downs is like a, I'm basically more busy because now I'm the dog groomer. I'm I'm taking care of all the animals. I'm the chef. I mean I'm wearing a lot of hats. I'm I'm doing laundry. Um, so I mean I have less time for myself and and, and stuff. But um, but the good thing is we're spending the most quality time with our children and as a family that we never had before. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten them all in, but like we did a painting all together. Um, like where each kid did like one, one of our pets on the painting.
1: Oh wow.
0: It's really super cool. so um, so that's good.
1: Yeah, so, and I, I feel like that is happening with so many families all across the United States, all across the world, really, that reconnection, you know we're all cooking together, we're crafting together, we're pulling our hair out together. Um, it's kind of a beautiful thing.
0: Um, Like, I I grew up with um, two working parents, so I hardly ever spent, like, I never spent the days with my parents or anything, and most of the kids have two working parents. Now the parents, they're forced to stay at home, so they're getting this time with their parents that they'll always have memories for the rest of their lives.
1: And the pets, too. Think about all the people who adopted puppies. (laughs) Oh, I know. Um, But speaking of pets and children and togetherness, um, I want to ask you about your new children's book, Oliver on Collard. Um, Tell us about the book, who it's for and how it came to be. Okay. Well, I've
0: got um, two um, twins and uh, when they were eight years old, their um, oldest sister, Victoria, died of a drug overdose. And uh, Victoria was 18 years old. So, they didn't know how to cope with death. They didn't understand drugs or any of that. And um, so during their um, kind of like coping with the whole situation, I encouraged them to write a story. And so they wrote a story about our dog, Oliver, which is a, it's kind of um, just to take their mind off of it, uh, off of you know losing their sister or not you know, of, of their sadness. And the um, it's it's a lovely story about Oliver who gets left at home, kind of like Home Alone 2. <laughs> and, and so we're the family in the book, and we t- take off for the Bahamas. We were supposed to bring Oliver with us, and we didn't. And um, And it goes through his adventures with the bunny rabbit and stuff in the book and all the mischief he gets into when he's at home alone. And at the end of the book, there's two um, final choices of chapters. You can read the one chapter that's a happy ending and another chapter that's a sad ending. So depending on how your mood is and you want an uplifting story or you want, you know, like kind of the dealing with the uh, death side. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a book that... Um, Really, it's really like for tweens, like, you know, maybe um, from kids, kids like um, eight to 14 um, to enjoy a, a book about an animal and his adventures. And in there, we also have um, at the back of the book, I've got a foreword in there and which would be great for the parents to read of why we wrote the book. And in the back, we do give a little bit of education about the drugs and introducing the Victoria's voice um victory clubs at the end of the book which we're going to have like I'll have to come on your show again because in, I, I think about September we're going to la- launch our victory program for the v- victory clubs which is an incentive program for middle school and high school um, kids to not do drugs mm-hmm. we give them rewards like amazing rewards if they just take an oath to not do drugs
1: I love that. I love that. So interactive, too, because, you know, so many books out there who talk about this, they just kind of put it out there and then you don't really have any interaction from your audience, from the people reading it. And I, I've yet to see a book that touches on this on this harsh subject and actually brings in death into yeah. it. Like most books are just, oh, this is nice. And, you know, you're going to get through this and it's going to be fine. But to touch on the reality. Of the, the opioid yeah. epidemic in our society, I think is really powerful, and it's just incredible that you brought your own tweens into it to to participate. Have they shared any any kind of thoughts on this? Was it cathartic for them? Did they did they really get uplifted through sharing this with the world?
0: It really helped them um, to get um, to to cope with with our loss, and it's kind of like um, they're following me in my footsteps because the way that i coped is by saving other people's lives and you know, by spreading the word and, and starting with our victory clubs. I mean, I, I could talk for hours of all the things that we've done because I mean, it's unfortunate that our daughter died, but because of her death and because of the power that we have and, and um, we've been able to go nationwide and we're going to save millions of lives, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um she so in a way she didn't die in in vain but what the uh, the twins also in their book what i just wanted to mention before i forget they also put like little recipes like how to make a dog biscuit out of common things you have at home um they have this um recipe how to make edible blue slime so it's <laughs> blue slime that with the products most people have at home and and you can eat it and um and just some arts and crafts. So it's kind of like a fun, cute little book. I mean, it's an easy re- read. Um, you could do it like in a, a couple hours. And, um, and there's some pictures in there and stuff. And um, oh, and also like um, my daughter, Victoria, who passed away, her wish was that if she ever did die of a drug overdose, was that we publish her diary. Oh, and... And I had received a text. One of her friends sent me a text from Victoria after Victoria passed away. That was supposed to be to me, but she never sent it to me. She sent it to the friend, and Victoria obviously did die of the overdose. So I published her diary, and it's called Victoria's Voice, and it's her actual di- actual diary, like un- untouched, uncensored. Oh, wow. Like in all her pictures, her handwriting, everything's in there. And um, it's just going inside the mind of a teenager struggling with drug addiction. Mm -hmm. So I really think that this book can help parents understand that this, what's going through her mind, dealing with growing up can be happening to their children, peer pressure, not feeling good enough about themselves, think they're too fat, too thin, not pretty enough or, you know behind their child's closed door. So I want this to be an eye-opener for parents. And then I also want people who are addicted to drugs to understand that they're not alone, but their thoughts and their, you know feeling the way that they do. And if they can um, turn for help uh, versus going after their next high um, with drugs. You
1: That's know, everything. I, That's everything. And I think, you know, you must've been, did you ever have a moment where you were like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I, if I can publish this. I don't know if I want to put this out into the world. I mean, it's, it's such a personal thing. And and even if she wanted that, did you ever have a moment where you're like, I don't want to do this.
0: I didn't do it. Um, I I didn't want like, it's, it's my daughter's, um, the most intimate things, like things I didn't know about her. You know, I feel like I, when I read her diary, and then the text that told me specifically where it was hidden, and none of her friends knew about it. She never told anyone about it. She started it when she was 12 years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel that I know my daughter more now that she's not here than when she was alive. And I didn't release the diary for like the four years. Uh four and a half years, because I mean it just so, so intimate and private, you know, I wouldn't want so imposing my diary, but I guess right. the once I'm dead, it doesn't really matter. But, um, but, um, if I didn't carry out her wish, I feel like I wasn't carrying on her legacy and, um, everyone that, that gives it to me, they, they can't put it down. Um, I don't know if there's another book like this out there that's been published from someone, um, who was addicted to drugs and wrote everything in their diary, documented everything.
1: Right. And
0: unfortunately dies in the end of mm-hmm. the losing battle with drugs. So okay. I'd like it to be an eye opener that when they do read it, the author actually died from the drug addiction. I mean, this just a true thing.
1: Yeah. It's I not- feel like this should be required reading in every rehab facility, every doctor's mm-hmm. office, every psychiatrist's office, just to have it there. Um, as a. That's reference. a great
0: idea. You know, I can just, I should, find out how to do that and just like donate them so they they can read it because it's something that, um, if I was addicted to drugs, I would like to definitely, it would intrigue my interest, you know, because it's not like a, a book coming from a doctor, you right. know, like it's not clinical and, and telling you to not do drugs. I mean, she's going through, I mean, she even had like a baggie of cocaine taped in there just to show what it looked like, you know, mm-hmm. And uh, so, I mean, it's it's very raw, and also um, after she passed away. Well, I know a lot of people that they see in the movie, the the documentary, the Queen of Versailles, which is now like like being recommended for people in quarantine as one of like the top twenty five documentaries to watch. Well, it's fascinating. I mean, mean, so I'm still hanging in there. I don't know how. (laughs) And um, so. After Victoria died, um, I I did make, like, a—I want to say a documentary, but I'm not a a movie producer, and I used my cell phone for most of it. And I did do a follow-up, which I think you've seen Mm -hmm. The Princess of Versailles. I have it on YouTube, and it's free. But I think it's really touching to, like, and I look terrible in the movie. So, obviously, like, you know, you can tell it's not like a, um, it's a real serious um, movie that I did. And what I want people to come out with it when they watch it is if, if someone is doing drugs, I want them to realize in the end, if, if they die of a drug overdose, I mean, they're going to be up in heaven or something. It's the family, friends, your grandma, your grandpa, your mom, dad, sister, brother, cousins, um, best friend, they suffer for the rest of their lives. Um, because of a drug overdose. And the thing is, most of the people that are dying from drug overdoses have no intentions of doing a drug overdose because it's what it is it's the fentanyl and the carfentanyl or whatever chemicals because they're constantly coming up with other things that the body can't handle the doses. And just two days ago, my daughter, who's going um, to Florida State University, She's now online, going to the school classes. She heard that um, one of her friends at the school um, passed away two days ago. He bought a pill that he thought was Xanax off the street, and it was laced, and, and he died that night just from a pill that he just wow. wanted to relax. It's that dangerous out there, and that's like kind of the warnings and the messages I want to get across because, for sure. Most of these, almost, almost, I would say 99.9% of the people that are dying of drug overdoses had no intention of committing suicide.
1: Absolutely. Even with yeah. all of the pain and suffering they were going through, they never wanted to die. It was They never... just
0: wanted to, to, to escape from their depression, like self-medicating, you know? Right.
1: Right, which really is something that we all do. Let's be real about it. Every mom listening right. to this right now has a glass or two of wine a night to kind of deregulate and to calm down. Imagine if exactly. you had something else that could kill you. I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable. Um, but going back to that documentary, The Princess of Versailles, was so well done. I can't believe you just said you did it with your cell phone. That's incredible, alone. Well, You're well, so my, creative. My cell phone,
0: and I did have one camera girl. Um, uh, her name was Cinnamon. <laughs> and, uh, this just keeps um, getting better and better. <laughs> so fun. I told her it sounds like a, a, a like a, a name from a like a porn star movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and her and her sister's name was Spice.
1: Oh so, wow! No <laughs> So um,
0: so, um, so girl, the, um, my friend Cinnamon, she filmed me on this um, other um, show I was on called The Fireball Run, which is also on Amazon. I was on um, three seasons of that. The last three seasons. And when our daughter passed away, most, my, most of the members of my family, they didn't want to see a camera around. So there's so much stuff that we don't have, mm-hmm. but they felt comfortable with her because she had been around before and she had kind of a small camera. So um, we were able to capture some stuff like kind of professionally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the rest of it, like at the funeral, like all that stuff was on my, or, or actually not my, like my nanny's cell phone you know, just whatever. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really something I'm glad you watched it.
1: No, I I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I was just going to watch a little bit in preparation for this interview. And I ended up watching the whole thing because it was so beautiful. It was so real and raw, as you said before. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop noticing how much you changed, I think, throughout that. I mean, you're you're going to Washington, D.C. to testify in front of a task force. um, Mm -hmm. And you end up getting the CARE Act passed, which for those of you who don't know, it's the Comprehensive Addiction and Recovery Act uh, signed by Obama in 2016. You were instrumental in getting that passed. I mean, that's incredible. It seems like you have just changed your life and been changed in such a dramatic way. Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how, you know, Victoria's Voice Foundation has really changed you as a person and a woman?
0: Yeah, um, well, it, it's really enlightened me. In fact, some, some of the people that haven't seen me since Victoria passed away or since before, they can tell a difference. Like, I'm just like um, um, a lot stronger now um, since we've gotten a lot of the, the, these things passed. We also, and part of the CARA Act was that we got uh, almost $2 billion from the government allocated for the Narcan to be in every first responder's vehicles, all the police officers, fire department, and uh, everything. Um, And for people that don't know what Narcan is, that's like an antidote for um, an opioid, like heroin um, and and, um, pills and things like that painkillers so it can bring them back to life They can be like not breathing for a few minutes and you put it in their nose or an injection and it brings them back to life and gives them about an hour and a half to get them to the hospital and go through the detoxing
1: and intravenous and all that yeah. So it seems like you've taken like really a comprehensive approach to fighting opioid addiction and overdose. I mean, you, you've written these beautiful books that you're putting out into the world. That's one way. And now you're actually working on legislation. That's a very powerful way. How much was this pushed by you? How much was it pushed by your husband or was it really a team effort?
0: Well, um, I think it was as far as going to Washington, D.C., it was more my husband. Um, the first three months, when um, our after Victoria passed away, he just educated himself. He didn't know what like a marijuana um, cigarette looked like, and so he just read about everything, every single drug. Um, and he, and he said, he came to me kind of out of his like little cave after three months, and he says, "You know, we're going to do something." Mm-hmm. And so we started the foundation, and. And we just started meeting with people and and finding out ways that we can help. And the the thing is, like a lot of people, that they they start a foundation in their their child's name, but they don't know where to go with the money or anything. So we started on a national level, and um, and we've already raised like several million dollars, and and we're helping people and and. And it makes me feel much better. I mean, my husband was worried about like after my daughter, our daughter passed away, because I I mean, I like to drink too, you know, he was afraid that I might like self-medicate my depression and just drink and fall, like go under the covers and Mm -hmm. just be depressed the rest of my life. And you got to be strong, you know.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and and no one would blame you, you know, if you kind of just disappeared for a while, no mother would blame you in any sense. I mean, losing a child is, Um, it has to be one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing in the world.
0: And being out there, because I mean, if I go anywhere, well, obviously not this past month, but um, to any mall or any event, there's always someone that comes up to me that recognizes me from some of the media that I've been in that, Will say I'm sorry about your loss, and or they'll they'll tell me that they've lost a child, or they're worried about one of their teenagers, or something. So I mean, this is really affecting everyone, and and I like the fact that they know they can come up and talk to me because I like to give the support. And one thing I've done, I also produce the um, the Mrs. Florida pageant. We host Mrs. America and Mrs. World, and they've taken. Um, their platform for our beauty queens is the Victorious Voice um, wow. program, um, Foundation. So we have kind of, um, what do you call it, ambassadors um, preventing drug abuse in every single state and in countries around the world. We have representatives through Mrs. World. So, I mean, we're really doing everything that we can to um, get the word out about um, how dangerous it is with these lace drugs and stuff.
1: Yeah. And so talk to us a little bit about the mission of Victoria's Voice Foundation. You know, obviously it's against, um, you know, opioid addiction and overdose, but what, what, at the core, what is its mission? Who do you want to serve and how can people get involved?
0: Okay. Well, um, the the thing is when we first started the Victoria's Voice, I mean, we weren't expecting to even, we didn't know our daughter was going to Die, or, so we started the foundation. We had no idea what to do with the foundation. I mean, people were um, donating money and, and and stuff, and and it's kind of evolving. Okay, so um, I mean, we we do help people um, going to the uh, rehabs and and stuff. We like we thought about starting a rehab, and um, I we, we're, we're I don't know. It just that wasn't the right path for us. So we would prefer to refer the um people to rehabs that have a success rate and been around. Um then we um did the CARA act, which we got Narcan across the country in every single like vehicle uh first responders in America. So that was a big challenge and, and we did it. It's like okay, now what? So my husband, he's a go-getter. Now we gotta find another um thing to do. So now we're starting. Um, the Victory Clubs. Okay so do you want me to get into that a little
1: bit? Absolutely I love it yeah.
0: Okay so the Victory Clubs what it is and we're going to start with um, a few schools here in Orlando and a few schools in Nevada in, in um, Las Vegas because we also have, have a big presence in Las Vegas. So we're kind of like um coastal and uh, so what it is is the kids take a pledge um that they won't do drugs to be a member of the victory clubs and the only thing that they have to uh, agree to is to random drug testing okay and if they do that they um there's incentives like we're getting them they get free concert tickets where we're um talking like with subway that they get free subs or, you know, buy one, get one free, um, a movie theater. Maybe we'll get them discount on, on movie theater tickets and popcorn. And, um, at school for the, the high schoolers, they'll, um, get the front front row parking oh, or nice. the front three rows. Every like high schooler wants parking. that. <laughs> oh my God. And what we're doing also, we're talking with the principals. I mean, so this is like a, an ongoing process. It's a lot of phone calls to put together, you know? So, um they'll they'll be able to get off school 5 minutes early before the the huge traffic line. So there's so many um things that we're putting together where we're um talking with the car insurance companies. Any any of the um teenagers um that drive and the the um we're um, still working on, on that deal right now to give them a discount a couple hundred dollars a month like if they um insurance is $500 a month. Maybe they can get it down to like 200 a month wow. um, for ins- car insurance. So just that alone, the parents will want the children to be a part of this victory club program. Yeah, And I think it's like a peace of mind for the parents. And, um, but the thing is like um, the kids, like if, if they fail the, uh, the testing, the, the school will never know.
1: Oh, wow.
0: So we, we just send a, um, a, um, a counselor or a call, you know, to the parents to let them know and and the teenager, and help them if they need counseling or why they did it as a one time thing, and um, and then they get another chance, and you know, and then by the third the third time, you know, that they probably need to be in rehab.
1: That's so, I mean, that's so incredible. You know, so many parents who lose their children, you know, they want to do something, but they don't know where to start. I can't get over how creative and how driven and how focused both you and your husband have been over these years. Um, It's just, it's so admirable and I'm just so in awe. Do you feel like Victoria is with you during these phone calls, during these meetings, during these idea sessions? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you know, I, I have a feeling that um, she's probably looking out for us because, Um, Even like um, we wanted to get like um, you know free tickets and backstage passes, and it's like oh we wish we could meet like like Live Nation and get with them, and all of a sudden like the uh, vice president of Live Nation, I heard I was in Vegas and wanted to have dinner with me. It's like and and it's like holy cow, you know where this come from? (laughs) You know, so it's like things like that that everything's like we're just meeting the right people and everything's just falling into place and. We're, we're working on launching, um, we've got someone working on a our own channel for um, drug addiction. So that's something like down the line, like next year that we can talk about, you know.
1: Wow, that's so exciting. We'll definitely have to have you back on to talk about that. Do you, um, you know, we've covered so much. Do you have just a big takeaway that you want to leave the audience with, you know, something to remember you by, your work by, Victoria by. What's something that you want them to walk away with from this talk?
0: Um, I just want everyone to know um, that um, you got to be strong uh, for any parent. We're talking to a lot of mothers here. Um, get to know your child. You, I thought we, we, me and my husband thought we knew our daughter and we really didn't. Um, look for the signs like if they're getting t- too tired or locking themselves in their rooms or they get irritable I mean that's a definite warning and and really take the time um, and be your your child's best friend is what's most important you know mm-hmm. don't let them be af- afraid of you to open up I
1: love that that's beautiful and and it's hard you know I mean every parent is yeah. like okay it's a daily it's a daily process but I mean, the work that you're doing is just, it's uplifting all of us, truly. So thank you. Thank you Um, so much. Yeah, so I do have some rapid-fire questions to round us out if you're ready. Yeah. The queen of Versailles is?
0: The queen of Versailles is not who you think she is. She's actually a normal person. (laughs) You know?
1: (laughs) I am right now. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm grateful for
0: I am grateful for actually um, for the fame of Versailles because that gives me the opportunity that it's like a tool to um, spread the word of um, trying to keep uh, teenagers and offer drugs.
1: Mm. Um, And what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on?
0: I guess just um, this is not a dress rehearsal it's the real thing and you only get one chance in life and just go with your heart and, and be positive and be nice to people, be treat other people the way you want to be treated.
1: It's beautiful. Ah, thank you so much, Jackie. How can people check out the documentaries, buy the books, find you online, give us all the things. Okay. Well,
0: everything is the real queen of Versailles. That's Facebook, Instagram, and my YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, and I can't look, recommend look, The Princess of Versailles enough. I mean, I want to watch it again. It was just so well done did, and just did, really did you, interesting. Almost,
0: did you almost cry in the end?
1: No, I did. I did, I'll especially, be I mean, the, the part that got me the most was when you uh, helped out that young girl and you were like, I can't help everyone, but I can help this one person in her family. And I looked at the baby and I was just, I was a mess after that. I was done. you Beautiful. <laughs> you're, you're an angel. You really are.
0: Thank you. You too. <laughs>
1: You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please share it out with a friend or on social media. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You just have to hit those five stars. You don't even have to write anything. And uh, as always, make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss a guided meditation every Wednesday or every Monday, an interview with an amazing guest doing amazing work in the world. Thanks.